Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to Alphabets. Happy Thursday. How are we all doing? We got a special guest tonight. We got Donna Clement on tonight. Donna, how are you? Doing good. Doing good. I'm so glad to be back with you guys. I love it over here. <laughs> absolutely. Well, we, we, we love having you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's good to see you. Uh, obviously, there, there's a lot going on in the world, and, and we're going to get into a lot of stuff here. Um, Chris, before we get started, can you open us up with some prayer? What? Absolutely, sir. Absolutely. Right. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you. We just give you all the glory, Father, each and every day for everything that you are doing in our lives. Father, we know that you have helped so many of us. So many of us open our eyes and get that spiritual vision and remove those scales. And uh, we just thank you for everything that you do. And uh, we just uh, we just we just know that you will give um, give us and so many others the ability to help others see. For that is the enemy's greatest fear is that we will help others see the things that we can see and the truth of the things that are going on all around us each and every day. There is a reason that the world is so chaotic right now, and that is because the enemy know that, knows that God is on the scene and that God is moving and working through so many people. And uh, we just thank you for that each and every day, Father, for your wisdom, for your discernment, uh, for, for that hand of yours that is always stretched out, Father, just waiting for us to grab it. And we are just so thankful for that. We are thankful for this opportunity to come together uh, for fellowship, to speak truth to power, and to talk about you and to worship you. Father, we thank you for uh, bringing Don A uh, to us once again. We thank you. Uh, we just uh, know that you are with her family, that you're watching over her, that you're protecting her, that you're protecting my family and Israel's family. Everybody here tonight that is with us and anybody that comes across this video, we know, Father, that it is you that is with us, that your arms are around us, that your angels are with us, and there's no sling, there's no arrow, there's no attack from the enemy that can touch us, that will harm us. Uh, for we know that our day of victory is uh, is upon us, Father. We know that we have already won. We know that this battle has been raging and, and going on in the spiritual realm, and we are starting to see things manifest here in the physical, Father. And when we see these things, we have no fear. We have absolutely zero fear. There's no room for fear yes. because we know that you are with us. Father, we thank you for our true president, Donald J. Trump and his family. And we know that you are with them, that you are continuing to guide them on this path to victory and that your arms are around them as well. And there is nothing these people can do that will harm him. Everything they have tried, everything they have tried has failed. And we know they will continue to fail because you have anointed him. You have anointed him. You've anointed so many of us, and you are speaking through so many of us and giving so many people the courage to stand up and use our voice and declare as one united country that we will not, we will not, Father, we will not bow down to these people. We will yes. not do it. We will not do it. Yes. Father, we thank you for uh, there's so many good men and women all over this country in our government, in our military, at our local governments. We know that there are people that are working feverishly behind the scenes to help us restore this great republic. This country, you were there when we were, when we, when this country was founded, you were there, Father. You were there, and we know that you are still with us, and we, we know that you are giving so many people the courage each and every day to stand up and do what's right in a world that, that wants to just continue to push us over the edge and towards our destruction, but we know that they will not happen. 
Father, we thank you for the prophets, for there's so many people, Father, that you have used, that you are using, that you are speaking through so that we have the news before the news. Uh, and again, we thank you for bringing Donna here. We thank you for her father. We thank you for using him and speaking through him. For He helped so many people. He helped me and Israel and so many people wake up. You help us wake up from this slumber that we were in while the enemy was steering us towards our destruction, Father. And we're just so thankful for all of that. And we know that you are, are protecting so many that are that you are using, anointing, and speaking through. And Father, we thank you for this wonderful community here at Alpha Vets. And we know that you have just helped us continue to grow and you've helped us spread this message. And we know that uh, that we have only just begun and that you will continue to help this community grow and this message grow as we spread it all over this country and all over the world, Father. And, and we know that that day is coming where your Holy Spirit will take over the world once again. And we are thankful for that. And we praise you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Whoo! Amen. Amen. I love amen. it. Amen. That was good. That was oh, good. oh, I feel ready now. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Uh, Donna, you know, um, before we get into this uh, with everything tonight, there's one thing I didn't uh, I wanted to ask last time you were on the show. And I just, you know, I'm just going to start off with it, um, especially as as me and Chris, you know, uh, followed your your dad for a long time. Um. They're just curious. Uh, what was he like growing up? Like, uh, just just a little bit briefly. We're just curious. Oh, I'm glad to share that. He was the best dad ever. And I'm not just saying that now after we've lost. Every year, Father's Day was like the biggest deal to not just be me, but all of us kids. Because he was the best dad he knew how to discipline with balance. He was this authority that we respected. But at the same time, he was really silly and really funny. He was uh, he was very sort of mischievous, like a kid. And um, so we would be, we traveled a lot, you know, growing up. Mm -hmm. I, I He was itinerant. His ministry was itinerant. He didn't have a church. So he would just go from church to church. And we would go with him. And so we spent lots of times on airplanes and traveling. And he, you know, it'd be, it would get boring. This is the 80s, 90s. We had no money. We would have layovers for 12 hours in Italy, and we'd have to sleep on the floor in the airport, this kind of thing. So we would get bored, and um, especially on the planes. And back when they used to serve fruit on the plane, I don't know if anybody remembers those days, but they used to, they would bring you some fruit and, and more, more things to eat than they do nowadays. Um, and he would, one thing we would do is he would, when the plane was taking off, he would drop an orange or an apple, something round, on the ground. So when the plane took off, it would roll to the back of the plane. <laughs> and then we'd be waiting when the plane landed to see if it was going to come rolling back down. <laughs> or he would throw grapes at people and then duck down. Like That's the kind <laughs> of guy he was. But he was also like, what you see is what you get. Like what he was on the stage when he was prophesying and, um, you know, he, that was him. He was just himself. So what you saw is what we had at home. And it was also always music. Just mm -hmm. always. He had a piano wherever he went. He always made sure. And it was like, you know, being at the house, just going over for dinner or at the holidays, he would always at some point go over to that piano and start playing. And he would improvise most of the time. He was just, he was very prophetic in how he played the piano. So it would be a new song every time, even a song he'd written. He would play it differently and do it differently every time. 
And mm-hmm. so that was something that, you know, we miss that at home now. Like, you know, I've obviously got my own home, but at my mom, with my mom and the kids, there's still a bunch of kids around here. They, they um, you know, that's, we miss that. Because even though I could go over and sit down and play, it sort of makes us sad. So his piano's there. Uh, but that's kind of a thing we've struggled with, but that's a strong memory. It was always music. There's an album, actually I have it here. There's an album, it was an instrumental he did in the 90s and I was a teenager. And the way we live at, at our house there, he had a studio that he built in the garage so he could go record in the garage. And my bedroom was above the garage. So the whole time he recorded this album, which is called Tender Moments, Oh, okay. I just happened to have that here, which is strange. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I would listen to I, I listened to him write this album, and it, so every night I would because he would do this at night, I would be falling asleep listening to him writing these songs, and so that's a strong imprint because he was always worshiping, no matter when he was playing, it was always an act of worship for him. That's how he saw it, and man, he could play the blues too. Oh, he was so good. He was, that was my favorite thing. I'd be like, oh, forget everything else, Dad. Just play some blues for me. And uh, he taught me to play the piano. The first thing he ever taught me to play was uh, Furlies. He didn't teach me, Mary had a little lamb or chopsticks. Like the first thing he taught me to play was Beethoven. And he made sure I understood who Beethoven was, that he wrote this song when he was deaf. And um, it was all a story about overcoming uh, something impossible, you know, like how could you write a song like that and you're deaf? So, um, you know, there was always this, that thing about him, or if we, we took, we used to take road trips sometimes as a family and we'd go and we'd see something amazing like the grand Canyon. And he was so dramatic. He would say, look at God, (laughs) look at God, (laughs) because it would be so beautiful, you know, Yosemite national park or grand Canyon or something. But one thing he loved was America, and that's something he made sure when we were growing up that we understood. Because I was 11, 12 years old when we moved from South Africa and became and moved to America. It took 15 years to become citizens because we did it the right way, and it wasn't very easy. Um, but he made sure that we understood the importance of what America is, what it stands for, what it means And we, especially me being the oldest, I could remember our life in South Africa and the way things were there. I was in school the first day that they allowed black and white children to go to school together in South Africa. So we lived Mm. under apartheid. And that was a socialist government over there. So your vote didn't matter. It was very difficult. I mean, my my dad, um, my uncle Fred, uh, my uncle Neville, a bunch of them who had a um, my, my my uncle Fred had the church in Durban, South Africa, was the first multiracial church in South Africa under apartheid because they defied the law and they said we're not we're not doing this. And so the government would come in and spy and arrest them. And so my dad was all part of that movement. And so he really he really understood and made sure that we understood what America means if you're somewhere else in the world. And so that was like you know, sort of ingrained, that passion was ingrained into us as well. And not only just sort of remembering or memorizing things, but actually understanding what it's about. Mm -hmm. And um, so, but yeah, he was a really fun, good, I mean, my whole life, I would always say, I thank God for giving me the best dad in the world because he was just great. And, and yeah, yeah, no complaints there. He he raised us well. (laughs) I have no no doubt. That's crazy (laughs) that you bring up that album. (laughs) 
That's crazy you that? bring up that album because remember I told you uh last weekend I was putting the ceiling fan up here in the studio. Oh, that's and I great. was listening, I was listening to that album on to Spotify. Yes. You I were? love so my wife plays the piano. So I, I love oh. nothing more when she just goes up there and plays the piano. And I love like I listen, I listen to um I listen to it sometimes when I'm going to sleep. But I was in here listening to that um on Spotify while I was putting the ceiling fan up. My daughter came in and was like, Who is that? And I was like, Oh, that's Kim Comet. She's like, Well, I thought he uh I think he's a, he isn't he the prophet? I said, Yes, he's a prophet, but he also is a genius on the piano. Well, that's what what would you call that? Synchronicity. Synchronicity. That's what my mm -hmm. dad would have said. Or maybe that's Lance Walnow's thing. One of them. My dad well, and Lance yeah. Walnow, my, my dad and Lance Walnow were pretty good friends and they got along really well too. And growing up, um, uh, whenever we'd go, because Lance used to be in Rhode Island and we would go to the church. My dad would go minister at the church that, that Lance was at there in, in, in Rhode Island. And uh, so I spent a lot of time growing up as a young girl, listening to them talking about the Bible, about things going on. And I used, it was fascinating to me because Lance Walnow is a great mind. Um, you know, that's a, that he's on genius level over there, Lance. And my dad used to call him the nutty professor because he kind of acts a little nutty and he is kind of all over the place, but he, you know, Lance is really good. So I used to listen to them talking or, or other, other people, you know, over the years, it wasn't just Lance. I'm just thinking of him now, but you know, many people, I would listen. I spent a lot of my time growing up listening to these great men of God talking about very deep things. And even though I didn't understand everything at the time, it was very foundational for me, a good foundation for me as, as we, especially as we've gone through the past, I would say 10 years has been, outrageous but it's helped me understanding the prophetic in a way that i can share it with people in this time that is so difficult to navigate through right. and really i think that's why god is highlighting that gift of the spirit right now is because uh, that's something we need so it's being so he sends mm -hmm. a prophet like my dad who is a modern prophet you know he's he's and there he is uh he he didn't fit any molds. They didn't want him in Bible school. Um, they said, "Oh no, no, you, 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 you wouldn't work to be in Bible school. No, you, you know, because he wasn't a pastor." And he used to say that to people. I'm not a, I'm not a pastor. That is not what I'm called to do. Right. Uh, um, um, not everybody's called to do things, and you, you'll see that in ministry a lot, where people, you know, you just automatically go in your mind to, "Oh, you should be the pastor." And sometimes people will do that, and that's not really what their destiny is. And so my dad really focused not only on prophesying, but teaching people how to see and live prophetically in your own life. So it's at a measure for you. You're not Kim Clement prophesying, but you understand what's going on and that this is a gift from the, of the Spirit and that it is a communion with God and that he can guide you you don't have to be running to a prophet every time you, you have a problem in your life. You can literally go to God yourself. He wrote a book about this mm -hmm. called How to Hear the Voice of God Yourself. And he wrote that book because so many people had started to become very dependent on him in hearing from God. So because he would have, he would have, a meet, he would have uh, meetings, he'd go to churches, he would be invited, he would minister, he'd pre preach a message, and when he would pray over people at the end, he would prophesy over them and God would give him 
uh, words for 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 people who were in desperate need, who for whatever reason they were in the right place at the right time, and and God was able to use my dad. But what started to happen is people started to sort of treat it like a like a psychic, and he didn't mm -hmm. like that. And he was saying, "This is I am not a psychic. That's not what this is. This is so much deeper than that. There's so much more to this." And so he quit prophesying, and he said, "I'm just going to worship." And he went and he rented out the Hollywood High School, the Fairfax High School in Hollywood. And he took a huge financial hit for that because a lot of people just, you know, oh, well, why are we going to come and see Kim Clement if he's not going to prophesy over us? And they weren't getting it. Well, they eventually did. I'm not criticizing anybody. But when someone like him makes a change like that, it was it was a difficult time. So he it was a sacrifice for him to do it, but he knew it was the right thing to do. So he was he just said, I'm just going to worship. And he went to the Fairfax High School in the middle of Hollywood, which is exactly where God should be sending someone into the middle of that dark place. And he just started to worship, which if you understand worship, it's I'm sure you've heard Judas shall plow. He had a, he, my dad had Judas shall plow painted on the side of his of his van. When he first started in ministry, he got himself a van and he painted Judas shall plow. And Judah meaning praise. What are you doing when you're worshiping and praising? You're plowing. You're tilling the earth so that the seed can be planted into it. So it's a, it's a, it's a, that's the way he saw it. And that's mm -hmm. the way he described what he was doing. And it was that seed would then produce the prophetic the way. And that's just how it worked through him. Not everybody is a worshiper. He was a worshiper. So that's why he identified so much with like King David, for instance. Because King David, with the worship and the musical instruments and that whole side of it, also what King David stood for, I think, as well, was very important. And all of that, all of those things in his personality was also prophetic. Like, mm. the, the way in which he functioned, he was very, you know, you think about prophets and you sort of see them as being the sort of the quiet ones in the back of the church. And then if God gives them a word, they'll come and share it with you or whatever. Or maybe they'll come up and they'll say but my dad was very loud and it was like, there's all the music and the, his voice was so loud and the shouting <laughs> and everything was so dramatic. But again, first of all, that was his personality. But also I think God needed that kind of personality in this kind of environment because now everybody's on the internet. You know, my dad was one of the first ministries to go live on the internet. He did it in, what was it, 2007? I think it was 2006, 2007. He started going online live. And there's a, there was just, you know, normal reasons for wanting to do that. He wasn't too comfortable because he hated cameras and he didn't want to have to deal with any of that stuff. But my mom convinced him and he did it. And so it was sort of a collaborative prophetic effort there. But in the end, he actually was sort of pioneering what we now see happening with Christians, with the church even. Because mm -hmm. we have this technology which can be used for evil, but it's also being used for good. Because look, here we are today. We're able to have this conversation. We're sharing it with people in a way we would never have been able to do before. Right. So in this environment, God needed a voice that would stand out, especially to someone in this environment, because there's so many heads talking right now. There's so many voices. But also because if you think about someone like Donald Trump, who needs to hear these things, he also needs, he's the kind of person that would need someone like my dad to get, you know what I'm saying? Even right, when he, yeah. 
I've heard that that Donald Trump, when he when he watched the prophecies, kept saying, "Oh, I like his voice. He's got such a great <laughs> voice. Oh, I love how he dresses." You see, God did that. And this, when you look at these things that way, you can't look at it in the moment where you have to broaden your mind out to 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 generations and lifetimes the way God sees things. So He's going to make a person of this character, put him in this time, and use him for this purpose. And, and that's what he's doing with all of us. And he, of course, it, it's difficult for our little minds to comprehend that much, but that is the way it works, you know? And um, it's a beautiful thing. My, that's why we do Code Breakers. I do a live show on Sundays now called Code Breakers Live. Code Breakers was started by my dad. And right. what it was was basically he was prophesying all this stuff, but he didn't understand all of it. He, 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 he described it as, I mean, sometimes God would give him insight, obviously. But um, a lot of times he would just be shown certain things. You know, uh, we prophesy in part. We see through a glass darkly. We're not supposed to know everything. Right. So a lot of times people will be like, well, your dad didn't see this. So how come? Like he saw nothing about Epstein. I have found nothing yeah. about Epstein. I don't know why. Uh, um, maybe one day I'll understand. Maybe that's I, uh, knowing my dad. I don't know how much he would have been able to handle seeing something like that. Uh, because right. so protective of children, he was such a father figure. Something like that would have been outrageous to him to even. So I don't know what the purpose of that is, but I will say that I haven't seen anything. I, he was he did keep talking about things that were going on that were a stench to God's nostrils, mm -hmm. uh, especially in the in, in organizations like the UN. But also, he made reference sometimes to the disgusting things that you have done. Um, but he didn't go further. And he talked about exposures within intelligence agencies and things like that, but it was just glimpses again. And, right. um, and, and, and again, part of the process we've gone through as a whole over these past almost 10 years now um, is slowly, there's been a slow reveal of the horrors and the layers upon layers of, of this that I don't, think we would have been able to even believe it or understand it if all of this was thrown at us at once. We had to sort of go slowly through the process of, of layer upon layer. Like, like my dad in the, prof, in the one prophecy, he said, scales will be removed from eyes. Scaling away has had to happen. And something I noticed the other day when I was doing, uh, I was live on Sunday, just this last Sunday, was when he prophesied on February 22nd, 2014, that's the day he prophesied about the, the stone. That's I right. anybody to just go and watch that whole prophecy. It goes through a whole timeline. I pretty much know it by heart by now. <laughs> that's the one. But if you remember in the beginning, he says, um, a veil has been placed upon this nation and I did it. Right. And for years, I've, I've, it's just stayed there in the back of my, of my mind. God's saying, I did it. And I'm thinking, but why? Why did you do that? What do you mean there's a veil placed upon a, the nation? Almost like, a, is it protection? Is it, what is it? And one, this is the rabbit hole I was mentioned before we started. One thing I've been, I've been looking go. at is the story of, okay, if you go pre-flood, if you think yep. about pre-flood times, we have on the earth relics that I suspect are pre-flood relics, like pyramids, especially the ones that are underwater or buried in jungles. Uh, one theory is that this is an energy, was a global energy grid or supply. 
So if you're looking mm-hmm. at it that way, um, this was a very long time ago. In front of the Sphinx, a couple things about the Sphinx. First of all, uh, the geologists have studied the Sphinx and they have found the remnant of continuous running water on the, the body of the Sphinx. So at some okay. point in time, water was running over it. Now, if you go back a certain amount of time in history and look at the climate, because yes, the climate does change. It always has and it always will. And just because <laughs> politicians are out there telling you that you've got to give them lots of money <laughs> to, to, because it's all our fault and the cows, of course. But at one point in time, what is now a desert where Egypt is, was tropical. And, and, and geologists will tell you this. And so that's why they, they had a geologist look at the Sphinx. And so, and at the feet of the Sphinx, there's a sign that says, this is the splendid place of the first time. Which is interesting, the first time. Now, also, if you look at the Sphinx, the head is not proportioned to the body. And you think people who were able to construct this out of the bedrock that we cannot even carbon date it got the head size disproportionate to the body? Cow. Mm. I don't think they did at all. I think it was covered in, now this is theory, I think it was covered in sand for a very long time. Now, if you go into Egyptian history, and I took a lot of, uh, uh, I took classes in, and junior college in, in the mid 2000s. So I was taking a lot of, just out of interest, I was taking a lot of classes about ancient history, theology, other religions and what other religions believed because I felt like as a Christian, if I don't understand what these people even believe, how can I have a conversation with them about Jesus and about what I believe if I don't even understand them? So my goal was in doing that, but I learned a lot because I knew the Bible. So you'd have professors in classes and they'd you know, they'd be saying whatever and everybody's just learning the stuff, but I'm remembering the Bible and I'm like, oh, especially with ancient Egypt. And the the Pharaoh who Daniel interpreted the dreams for, if you go over to Egyptian history and look at his story, he was, first of all, he wasn't supposed to be Pharaoh. He had others in line and for some reason he ended up becoming Pharaoh. Before he was the Pharaoh, he went hunting and he had a dream. Now, remember, what did Daniel do? He interpreted his dream. Um, oh, sorry, I'm saying Daniel. I mean Joseph. I've got Daniel in my brain. I mean Joseph with the coat of many colors. That's who I'm talking about. Sorry. So Joseph interpreted his dreams. Uh, and in Egyptian history, he tells a story about he, he was out hunting and he leaned up against the head of the Sphinx. And had, he had a dream and the Sphinx said to dig it up. And then that they dug it up. So I think what happened was whoever settled in the land that is now Egypt all that was sticking out was the head of the Sphinx. And so they kept carving the heads of their pharaohs into it, not realizing there was a whole body underneath it because they're in the desert. Right. Um, now, the, the, the people are theorizing about this, so I am getting these ideas from somewhere else. But it's making me think of a bigger thing, which brings me back to our pre-flood thing. So we look at this. Now, we know this stuff about the Sphinx, and there's more to it, too. Uh, I don't know how old the pyramids are, but I know that they are aligned in a particular way where the electrical current is, so it would make sense. They don't make sense as tombs, right? At all, but no. it makes it, it's very. It looks very, um, you know, just like functional building. It's just big, you know. But for whatever reason, the pyramid shape. I'm sure it all makes sense. Um, so whatever was going on pre-flood, we imagine we're taught when we go to 
to Sunday school and you see, you no, know, he's got a staff and a robe and he's, but I feel like the earth must have been, or people must have been much more advanced. And if they were much more advanced, they were messing with human genetics. Yes. Because the sons of heaven came and lay with the women of earth and uh, created the Nephilim. And if you look in Greek mythology, what do you see? A lot of half human, half animals. Like, what that, what is that about? It's not just mythology Precisely. stuff. Precisely. Yes. So, so, so when things got to the point that they started to mess, first of all, the angels were sharing or the watchers or whatever were sharing information with humans that they weren't supposed to be sharing with them because it wasn't the time. God has time for everything. So you have maybe sort of, they get a bunch of knowledge and it's a, it's, it got out of control because they were messing with the genetic code, which is God's code, which makes his, which makes us and we're made in his image. So you're not supposed to mess with that. It's very clear. It was so clear that God flooded the earth. Mm-hmm. And when he flooded the earth, if they did have electricity, let's just say for argument's sake, they had figured out energy. Perhaps the only way to shut that down, it, well, it is water. We know that. What happens when water gets on your computer, when water gets on your electronics right. or anything electric? It, it, it destroys it. So this would explain a flood. So that got me thinking some more. This is I'm going to go deeper down this road. Oh, let's go. <laughs> it's okay. We are we we are exactly on the same page. I can see your reaction, so I'm I'm, I'm feeling okay. Like okay, I'm not you know because it is it, it sounds crazy to someone if you have never heard any of this or thought about it. So God floods the earth, and then you have Babel, the Tower of Babel being built now. They say it was a. It was they were building a tower to reach heaven. The flood. But this has happened after the flood. Okay, so they've still got some of that lost knowledge, even though the earth's flooded, and they're trying to do it again. But I don't think they were building a building going straight up. I don't think they were that stupid. I think now of portals, and the re- okay. what's made me think of this is obviously you know, you, you look at things like CERN. What are they doing over there? If they're just scientists, why are they having Luciferian rituals before they reopen in 2012 after they broke it? Look, I've been suspect of CERN from the beginning. Mm -hmm. When I heard they were, I I didn't know about particle colliders until CERN, but when I heard that, I was terrified we were going to all get sucked into a black hole. I kept grabbing my dad. What do you see? There's something (laughs) wrong with this thing. (laughs) So I feel like we are returning to that time because you've got klaus schwab over there uh, talking about genetic editing and he's got little yuval um i call yuval the little horn with his blasphemies mm-hmm. but what did god do at babel to stop them from building? because he promised he wasn't going to flood the earth again but now right. they're up to their nonsense again they're trying to uh, you know my dad used to often speak of breaking of, of the veil and, and beyond the veil and there is this veil so the tearing, having the technology to to go into another dimension or something beyond what we could even understand right now, I think, um, God did what to stop them? He, he confused them by their language so they could not communicate with each other anymore, so that they could not continue the endeavor that would lead them down the road to this evil thing or this whatever it is that mm-hmm. they you know whatever it really is because i'm sure there's a lot more to this and i'm really just 
this is all theory. I'm just watching things and I'm thinking, okay, logically, because everyone keeps saying that America is mystery Babylon. Now, I don't have, I never had an opinion about this before. I hadn't really thought about it, but everybody around me was saying America is mystery Babylon. And then my mom said to me, no, it's not. And I said, well, if you read there, it kind of seems like it is. So I started reading Revelation 17 again, Revelation 17, Revelation 18. I went through all of it again. And I started to think about the internet and AI. And what if, what? because nobody invented the internet. They found it. Like we figured out radio waves. It's kind of the same thing. And it's like the internet that we use right now is just a small, tiny fraction. But the rest of it, like all the dark web is like this massive space of just what the dark web. So what is the okay. space? Like, because I'm physically in a room right now, and so are you guys, but we're also in another place that we're doing this. What is this right. place? It's a place. Is this place Mystery Babylon? Because if you think about it, I, I, I know it's a stretch. <laughs> but it's a, okay. a new idea. It's just recently come to me, and I'm, I'm not saying it is. I'm asking the question. Mm -hmm. Because I'm hearing some people are saying they think America is Mystery Babylon. Um, my mom is at, at this stage of the belief that Babylon is Babylon. And when I read it, it sort of could be the internet, which would be a doorway to the AI. And if you look at the way they, it, 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 things are phrased at, at like it is and it isn't yet it is. Mm -hmm. Like how, how did, What does that mean? I, I actually should have had my Bible ready. What does that mean? Like something that is, but it isn't, but it is. Like, is it this? And is it possibly? And I'm not saying that the internet is evil, but we do see this AI, the rise of the AI, and how it's being mm -hmm. used. And then my mom would would bring up uh, uh, when Daniel interpreted Nebuchadnezzar's dreams that the, the the feet of iron and clay. Now we're clay. We were made of the dust of the earth. We're the clay, flesh, human beings. We're the clay. Mm -hmm. And the iron being the machine. And what, what you see now, what we're living through is Elon Musk. And, uh, and I'm, 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 not, I'm not against Elon Musk. I think Elon Musk is just because he's not a Christian, he doesn't understand a lot of what he's doing. I Agreed. don't think it's World Economic Forum. I think World Economic Forum used a lot of people's names against their will. I heard Vivek Ramaswamy say that the other day. Um, I think there is great opportunity for us to reach some of these people as events transpire. I saw Joe, Joe Rogan reading through Revelation on his show the other day because people were mm -hmm. saying, well, all of these things that are happening have been prophesied in the Bible. And he is a, a critic of Christianity, doesn't like it. But he sat there and was reading the Bible with this guy. I forget who he was interviewing. And it was alarming. And it was even alarming for me, even though I'm doing this every week with my mom, to hear Joe Rogan saying it. Because now it's like, okay, he's not even a Christian. He doesn't believe himself. But he's noticing, yeah, the Euphrates River is drying up and it's prophesied in Revelation 13. Yes, the Jews were scattered throughout the earth and became a nation again in 1948. So... I don't know where we are as far as the eschatology timeline. My mom is actually a much better person to talk about that. But I am I'm bringing this up because I feel like we need to have a new perspective on how we look at a lot of things that we might have become used to, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like the, 
we, we, we're used to looking at church a certain way and that's changing now. Right. Um, Just like your dad prophesied, they're starting houses little on flames, every corner. Little, little, little living room churches, little flames mm -hmm. and little houses is what he saw. Um, and this is what we're doing right now because uh, we, I mean, even at our own network, we have, a, we have a, two church services a week. Uh, where you, you, no matter where you are in the world, like if, if you're somewhere and you can't find a, a physical church where you feel you fit in, at least you have somewhere to go. And that was what my dad would say. He would tell people you need a church because you need to be able to touch people. You need to be able to look at each other in the eye and talk to one another. However, what greater tool do we have to, to spread the gospel? So I'm not saying, because remember when the internet came out, everybody was like the WWW is the 666 and it's... Yeah. Um, well, maybe, maybe it's not, but maybe it's the beginning of something. Like if you look at the Amish people, I've, I've learned a lot about the Amish people recently. I didn't know anything about them. I saw them getting on a plane and I was very offended <laughs> because I was like, hang on a minute. You're in a wagon with hook buttons, but you're going to get on this plane? Like I'm mad. I don't agree with anything that, that you, I, I, don't, I don't agree with you, but I'm mad at you because you're supposed to like not be doing this. I found out that there's different kinds of, there's Mennonites and there's Amish and there's, and uh, so I figured it all out now, but they, you know, I used to sort of say like, oh, they just froze in time. And if you just freeze in time, then there's no fresh revelation coming to you. And they do suffer in the Amish community because they don't actually read the Bible properly. They, they're not actually very understanding of it. Uh, things are very uh, religious and ritualistic. So there's bad stuff. But the the one thing that I do notice is that they did, as soon as electricity came around, they didn't like it. And they said, we don't want anything to do with anything to do with electricity. So that goes back to the pyramids. And I'm not saying electricity or energy is bad evil. I mean, my dad, my dad prophesied about a new energy that would come. He saw uh, that when we would drive a car, we would have five different options of which energy to use um that uh that things would happen in the earth that would cause the earth to yield its its produce mm -hmm. to yield things that we've never discovered to, to take us to new new levels there's many things that are very hopeful and at the same time we have this sort of eschatology timeline happening so it's quite interesting where we are so it's it's very tumultuous for especially for Chris, christians because right. we feel like there's who do we trust what do we believe and now that we have access to so many different Christian voices, you hear how many theories are out there, how many ideas, and which one is the right one. And, and the only way that you're going to be able to navigate through this is the prophetic in you personally. So you have a relationship with God that is so synchronized. My dad used to talk, talk about it like uh, that, that you're in, in rhythm with God's dance. Mm through life so that you're in rhythm with him your destiny your will where you're supposed to be going and every day you have to make decisions toward that and you can't be running to prophets to get those answers you need to be able to have that yourself and then through that discernment and if you have that relationship with god already you're gonna know immediately when someone is whether or not you know in your mind if they're right or wrong you're gonna feel it here and then god can guide you through and so it's not just, oh, prophecy is, you know, Kim Clement prophesied X, Y, and Z. So these are lights along the way that we know, okay, this is the right direction in this crazy time. But also for you, 
because you're going to have to make decisions of like so many people are frustrated right now because it's like, okay, yeah, we have Epstein's list, January 6th tapes. So what? We, we've known about that stuff for years. Mm-hmm. Nothing shocked me about the Epstein list except for Stephen Hawking. <laughs> I don't, I don't okay. know. If I, agreed. Agreed. I, I don't believe. I, I cannot. I, I just don't. I, I, I don't even want to talk about it because it's it's, it's wild. But I think that, again, this is why everything. If if these things are the truth, and I believe that they are, uh, you couldn't just tell people that, right? It had to be revealed. Mm-hmm. But also, there are those who do things that don't realize what they're doing. You know, people functioning in life, they have their jobs, they're going a lot. They don't know what they're involved in. A lot of people are. Yeah, and I'm not talking about Epstein right now. I'm just talking about regular people living their lives. Mm-hmm. You don't know the things that are actually going on above you, you know, like doctors or nurses, for instance, who are working in a hospital during COVID. I mean, you know, we might get mad at people for, for things they did, but a lot of those people didn't know any better. They, their entire careers, they would get the information from the top, and that was the reliable information that all the doctors could rely that this is the truth and this is how we're going to deal with this disease or these medications or however. And all of that has been disrupted. I mean, I can tell you mm-hmm. for myself, I, I don't I don't trust doctors. I feel I don't want to take my children to the doctor. I, 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 and that's not a good place to be. It, it's not good to be fearful. You, you need to, you know, rather I, I can easily find other doctors. I haven't had need yet. But in general, I just don't trust them. I don't trust the politicians. I don't trust. There's all these people in Hollywood and musicians, people that I admired over the years that I liked and I've been so disappointed <laughs> over. And I mean, look at Whoopi Goldberg. Do you remember when she, she did uh, the, the movie with the nun sister act? Yeah. Sister sister act. Act, we, yeah. Used to, we all yeah. loved her in sister act. She was awesome. And she's Ghost. turned into a lunatic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also all of these people that are shouting and screaming and making a big noise. Mm-hmm. I am immediately suspect of them. Like when you, in hear what people, way? What, uh, They've done something wrong, and they're, oh, they're right. lashing out at Trump, for instance. Uh, all of these people are like, I'm going to leave if Trump becomes president. And everybody's like, okay, mm-hmm. bye, go. It's like, well, why would you want to leave your country? Because you don't like who the president is. Four years, and then he's gone. I mean, so you're going to leave your country? Or are you guilty of something, and you're scared that's going to get exposed when he's in, in charge again? Because that's what it looked like. Those loudest, like the Robert De Niro's and the people shouting and screaming and like Whoopi Goldberg today. He's going to kill all the gay people. It's like, what are you talking about? No, yeah, he's not. Yeah. No, he's not. Like, why would you say something like that unless you're desperate to cover up whatever it is you're guilty of? And mm-hmm. so, um, and I, you know, I, I also don't want to sort of jump either to judgment because maybe, you know, it's like you get this Epstein list, for instance, and maybe some of these people that got on that plane once didn't know what they were doing or didn't know what was going on. Like, let's fly on this guy's yeah. plane. But then I don't know. And and how many of those are there? And what is actually, because we know there's child trafficking. We know that there's tunnel systems and crazy things going on. I mean, I just heard recently Epstein had Ghislaine Maxwell with a, a submersible license so she had a submarine going on like what were these people doing right and um so again i think that it is so bad that god needed to sort of unveil it slowly for us but then i wonder 
with the a veil has been placed upon this nation and I did it. Could it be that there's things going on, even things we don't know about, that God, I don't know how to say it. Like I haven't figured out how, how to articulate it again. I mean, yet, because I, I, I don't quite know what I'm looking at, but I'm looking at something big. So I'm trying mm -hmm. to see a big thing. And I just keep feeling like Jesus himself said, as in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the Son of Man returns. As in the right. days of Noah, well, what was going on? They were messing with genetics and, the, and that genetic code and corrupting creation. I, I've heard Elon Musk say, oh, we can turn you into a caterpillar if, you, if we want. Well, they don't want well, us breeding. They don't want us breeding ourselves. They, they figured out how to make human beings in a lab. They don't want us doing that at all. So they're going to push abortion and population control and euthanasia of older people and then crazy people. And then eventually it becomes, well, anyone who disagrees us, with us, they're nuts. And we now by law have the right. So we're bound by law now. We're, we've bound ourselves. Mm -hmm. Even you look at what's happening with the with the House and the Republican Party and the GOP. There, anybody who might actually be good with good intentions in there, they're they're trapped. They're completely bound by law, and it's just a tit for tat. And actually, really, it's a uniparty behind the scenes. And they're all making a lot of money. And if if I had a say, I would say get rid of all of them. And when I say get rid of them, I don't mean get rid of them. I mean, <laughs> so we said last night. It's time for everybody to go. Just yep. go home. Okay, go home. Mm -hmm. And let's just start electing from the... This is what General Flynn is trying to explain to people. Is just, if we can... One thing we can do is if you are able to run for office in anywhere, go all the way from your school board all the way up, if you can do it, do it. Because we need people who are filled with the Spirit, who understand the voice of God helping to lead, guide, and heal this country. That's right. what we need. And so that's why I'm very aligned with, with what General Flynn's plan when he talks about mm -hmm. 5G warfare. This is someone who understands warfare and he understands what my dad prophesied is this would be a new kind of war. This is a different kind of war. It's not the way combat the way we've seen before. This is a war of, of the mind and not just yes. on the mind of soldiers, but in the mind of all of the citizens that we are so busy arguing with each other, even in the church and the church needs to be more responsible. Than they are being. I went Agreed. to the flat earth debate recently at Pastor Greg Locke's church. Um, and I, you know, for me, it didn't, it, it doesn't make a difference to me whether the earth is flat. Um, agreed. I, I agreed. It doesn't, my, I know God. So whether or not something in the, we understand or don't understand something in the Bible as far as timelines, it's not going to change anything for me because okay. I know God. I talk to him every day. Like you're, you're trying to tell me someone that I talk to all the time doesn't exist. And I know I'm not crazy. So it makes no difference to me. So I went in there very open and uh, pastor Greg Locke's anointing is in deliverance. And that's the other thing that we really need. I mean, you, we are seeing the manifestation of the demonic on the streets daily. <laughs> you will see videos of, People naked in grocery stores, smearing cake all over themselves, just losing their minds. It's it's uh, people, the violence, but strange violence. And and the, again, you see the distortion of his creation in the, the whole trans movement. Mm -hmm. It's a complete mm -hmm. distortion of his creation. Any possible, because the devil can't create, he can only imitate. So 
he he's not going to do anything new. All he can do is corrupt what is there. And uh, I think the so we have these sort of overhanging larger dangers that are like World Economic Forum globalist. And it, it sounds like a conspiracy theory, but it is not a conspiracy theory. It is real. These people. I don't know if you guys have seen the picture of Klaus Schwab where he's in the black thing with the. Oh yeah, it starts. Looks it like an Emperor uh, Palpatine. Yeah, from Star Wars. <laughs> you know what? Even the other day, I texted Roger Stone about Bohemian Grove because there was a picture of Reagan and Nixon there, and I don't care if Reagan and Nixon are there. I get it. Like if they had to be president, maybe they had to go attend this thing. I don't know the depth of what was, but they were there. So I sent the picture to him, and I, I really wasn't asking him about reagan and nixon but he said well it was he, he had to be vague because we were texting but he said you know it was uh you know something they sort of had to do uh when you become president but my mm. question was actually what are they doing mm -hmm. think about how silly it it's silly these great men world leaders are gathering together out in the woods they're going to go camping and put on hoods worship an owl and what are they doing like, how can someone rational I forget about that? Why are they doing? I just no, I don't I understand. I mean, it's like, okay, they could be doing ritual sacrifices and things there. And I saw what what Alex Jones, you know, years ago when he when that video right. came, I've been following Alex Jones since then. When all that came out, even then, I'm saying, what are these men doing? It's so ridiculous, so silly. And if you do look at all of it. It is really ridiculous. Mm -hmm. What are scientists doing in front of the CERN thing? Doing and even their at the UN and they, they're doing these strange yeah. ritualistic dances. Dark with children yeah. getting it. Like, why would you want to do that? That and doesn't make the sense. Half man, half goat. Like it's or the or the it's, statue. It's, in front of the UN that is described in Revelation. Mm -hmm. It is there it stands in front of the UN. Are they and doing you wonder, this? Yeah, uh, you wonder if they're trying to push it or or if if it's if it if it that's actually what is being was prophesied about. Right. You know? it, but the thing is the way prophecy works is it would be both. True. It would be both because even though it was prophesied and then they turn around and they say, well, we know God's because you have to believe God's real. If you're if you're doing right. if you believe in the devil, you can't unless you believe whatever you, you can't get there unless you believe it. So then are you trying to push this to happen? Are, are people trying to make him come back? And that's the question. Actually, my husband has asked me before. He said sometimes it seems like they're trying to make it happen. Or maybe it does feel they like they're are. pushing the timeline. Mm -hmm. If they know. Now, the people who don't know, who don't know the Bible, they just don't read the Bible. And this is a lot of Christians, unfortunately. If you don't know, you're not going to recognize what you're doing or what other people are doing. You're not going to know. So this is why for like people like Elon Musk and Joe Rogan, if you can sit a person down like that, where they're not feeling judged or like they, you know, they have to like, behave well around Christians because you'll find that a lot of people get like that and then they get uncomfortable and they don't not like that has to be you know that's whatever but to actually sit in front of him and say but here is the Bible here's what it says and look at what's happening like this is undeniable the river Euphrates has never dried up it is drying up in Revelation 13 it says 
so that the armies of, is it 13? Yeah. So that the armies of the East can march upon the West. Well, what are we looking at? Exactly what my dad prophesied. Russia, uh, in Ezekiel 37 or 38, it's a, it's a list them. It's, it's a Persia, which is Iran, Gog and Magog, Russia, Iran, which is Persia. And we look at, and we've got China over there. That's all the East. The armies of the East to march upon the West. That is happening. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't actually take a lot of study. And I don't think it's supposed to. Like you have the people who need to study hard to understand the depth of it because what is in the Bible and things that are prophesied, often there's layers of meaning to it. There's like, mm -hmm. for instance, when Jesus told a parable, there's a good moral story there that's good for a kid to learn, right? Or for a person to mm -hmm. learn. But then there's so much more to it. There's so much more depth in what he was saying and he would be prophesying and then and telling you how to live and the whole thing is within it. So it, it, it can be more than one thing at the same time if it's not contradictory, if you see what I'm saying. Right. Like there's layers mm -hmm. upon layers of meaning. You can read the Bible as if you are in a boat on the top of the ocean and you can look out and you say, wow, this is amazing. Look at the beautiful ocean and you're on the boat. But if you were to hold your breath and dive down in, how much more would you see? So it is necessary for us to do that with the word of God and to understand our world, even to do it with science, even to understand that it's part of the journey. It's part of life. Um, right. But when things are prophesied, uh, it shouldn't be hard to recognize it. If you know the prophecy, mm -hmm. right. It shouldn't and have to take a whole lot of study. Yeah. There's, there's see all this, what you talk about and like the, what you said about you've been going down some rabbit holes and stuff like this. Like, this is the stuff that absolutely fascinates me. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I, I will sit here and go down like genealogies and bloodlines yeah. and, and, and look at it from the beginning of time. And like you said, as in the days of Noah, I mean, you can, you can see it going back to what you're talking about, the genetic manipulation. And me and Chris have had this discussion before of, I mean, it, it, it just like God said in, in Genesis, he already told Satan that it was over. And like people just think of like Jesus dying on the cross and salvation. and stuff. But the chess game behind it is absolutely fascinating because, I mean, the whole reason for, you know, Jesus dying on the cross and, and, and you know, having that pure bloodline was because you know a lamb, a spotted lamb couldn't be used for proper sacrifice. And the devil thought he had him. And mm -hmm. so this whole time he was just sitting there um manipulating genetically these bloodlines. And and he thought he would get Jesus, but he he said got he was gonna say gotcha. And he soon as it happened, he knew it was all over. And it's just fascinating. Like even even when they walked the streets and they said, Heal us, son of David. Like they recognize the bloodline. Mm -hmm. They recognize the blood. It it's, it's important. Just, it's so important. And people just think it's because that's why it's so pure. That's why it has power mm -hmm. is because it's, it's, it's pure. And, and that's why know, the blood of Christ, because our, right. our DNA code is in the blood. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's not just some figurative thing. It's an, so yes, it can be the figurative thing, but it is also, there's a, there's a perfect genetic code there. Perfect. In his blood. And so that the act of him shedding that blood for us, I mean, it's, it's, it's actually the most beautiful. It's the most beautiful thing you could ever imagine. 
And if you think how amazing God is, because even when, if I just look at my dad's prophecies, I know my dad, there's no way he could have understood the depth with his own mm -hmm. mind at that time. God may have revealed certain things to him and he did have a deeper understanding, certainly of the prophetic. And I don't know how much he really knew that he didn't always share everything with us. But I know that there is no way somebody could have guessed that well. Right. Like, you know, there's no way he could have somehow figured it out or had some inside information. And so now I know that because he was my dad. And but but nobody knows him like I know him. I mean, people are just watching videos of this guy. They don't know who he is. But if you listen to what he prophesied, it's undeniable. And the fact that he died when he did, as difficult as that's been for us as a family, we understand that he died before he was ever able to pick a side in an argument or be on mm. the left or the right for people to say, oh, well, he's influenced because he likes Trump. Because he never really knew much about Trump. I, I didn't hardly ever hear my dad talk. He didn't even pay attention. It wasn't like he didn't like him. He just, you know, he was just one of those people that you hear about that you know are there, and it was nothing more than that to him. Until the day he stood up and said, Trump will be a trumpet. Right. Which makes me wonder, you know, the trumpet being the loud sound that we needed to hear in order to see behind the curtain. He made a big noise, just his presence, so that we all paid attention. And what happened was now we all understand all of the politics and we're all talking about it every day. So all those politicians that for years and years and years were getting just stinking rich and doing God knows what, that's ended for them. That's why they hate Trump so much. And it is demonic the way I have seen people behave. Because if you actually ask somebody why, and that's what I do, I'll just keep asking know. why. If you just keep asking why, they start to realize they don't know why. And they're repeating something that they've been told to say. And then it's sort of, people react differently to that. Pride has been a very big problem. So I, I encourage people to be forgiving of people as they wake up, even if they've been horrible to you. Because uh, it's hard to admit when you've been deceived. Who was it, Mark Twain? I think it was Mark Twain that said it's easier to fool a man than convince him he's been fooled. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's because of pride. And, 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 and I'm not saying that in a judge, judgmental way. I've had to deal with that in my own self. And it's very important right. that we keep checking ourselves. And we can't rely on Donald Trump for everything. I mean, I Agreed. saw him, gosh, I saw him speak last night. And he did so well on that. On that so well. Uh, he did really well. And I, but I, I just looked at him. I thought, how many years has this been going on? This is outrageous what they are doing to these people. And mm -hmm. that alone, if you are paying attention, should tell you everything. If every single thing is pointing their weapons against him, and, you know, shouldn't that alert you? That never in history, again and again and again and again and again, never in history has this ever happened, never has ever happened. My dad said that over and over. He said, you people are going to say nothing like this has ever, ever happened before. And we didn't know what he meant back then. I don't know how much he understood it meant. But he kept saying it. He crossed his arms. And wondered, I think maybe he'd probably seen quite a bit because he crossed his arms. And he said, you people are going to say nothing like this has ever, ever happened before. And we say it every day now. Every day. <laughs> every day it's something new. It's something crazy. It's every day. Uh, it's, it's absolutely outrageous. Um, just one thing. Because, I mean, we haven't we don't really come across a whole lot of people that share the same thoughts. So I, I, I really enjoy this. 
And yeah, because um, it's confirmation, it's man. It's confirmation. The, the, it's, well, it uh, helps because then I feel like I'm not crazy if you guys also no. notice some of these things. <laughs> I remember we're all just crazy. we literally no, talked about last night. No, last night we literally talked what you just said. We said when Trump came on the scene that the enemy shook because he pointed out the ugly truths that people tried to we tried to we were ignoring them. And he came on the scene like a trumpet. And what does a trumpet do? It sounds sounds oh. the warning, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what he did. And we said all mm-hmm. the people that loved him, every, all these people loved him until yeah. he came down that escalator. No, if you if you go watch when they roasted him, it's I mean, I had a difficult I don't I have a difficult time watching those roasts because they get very vulgar. But I watched yeah. that one because I wanted to see how people were treating him in 2012. I think it was 2011 or 12, they did the roast. And I mean, Snoop Dogg was there and all the comedians and everybody mm-hmm. was fine with them. Nobody had a problem. And then all of a sudden, in 2015, all of a sudden, now he's this terrible, racist, white supremacist, tyrannical dictator that's going to kill us all. And Obama then, said yeah. the American dream was to be Donald Trump. Right. This, I mean, people, they used to write rap songs about him. And, 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 <laughs> and so you, you can see he wasn't part of the club and they got very upset because now he was threatening their way of life, their way of making he money. He knows their secrets. He knows their secrets. He testified against Jeffrey Epstein. And so they can put up as many articles as they want to. The Epstein list is out now. And then they put a picture of Donald Trump, that one or two pictures they have from like 2002 when they knew each other before. And it's like, that's the picture they use on the headline for the Epstein list. It's like, where is Bill Clinton and Stephen Hawking? (laughs) Sorry, I just can't get over that. I I can't believe it. I'm hoping that that's just, you know, maybe, you know, maybe we we haven't got the right list yet or something. I just, I'm praying that's not true because I can't handle it. So you see, a lot of this we don't want to know too. Uh, You know, I tried to watch an Epstein documentary or documentaries on what they're doing to children, and I can't watch. I get to a certain mm-hmm. point where I just I ca- I can't stand it. I, I start to feel like I'm going to go crazy, because I, I I and also it's gross. Like I don't want to know, and I think that's a big part of this. Why this has happened is because some of these things are so dark and evil that we don't actually want to even know that that's happening because it's so awful, and so the the, the level of depravity was reached to the point where God had to do something drastic. Mm-hmm. And right. um, I think that there's, so there's, there's this sort of time we're in right now. We're coming up to the election. Trump, um, I'm actually this Sunday, I don't want to forget to tell you guys, this Sunday I'm joining Amanda Grace and um, Eric okay. Trump is going to be on with Laura. Robin Bullock's going to be there. A bunch of people are going to be there and we're all going to take a turn to pray for the Trump family. And Amanda felt that God was leading her to gather select people uh, for the call, but she wants everybody to join in that, that will. So if you follow Amanda Grace, you can go look on her social media. You'll see it's this Sunday. Um, evening. Yeah, we'll blast it out. And, uh, uh, and join us to pray for, for the protection of Donald Trump and his family, uh, because that's really important right now. They, they, they're trying everything. And we already mm-hmm. know, and we know what's been promised, but it's very important as Christians that we stand on those promises. So when something is prophesied, I love to quote it again, to play it, play it, play it, play it, because it's echoing through the atmosphere, and it is reminding not only the enemy, but the eternal parts of ourselves, whether you hear it or not, it's out there, and it's entering your spirit. All this bad stuff is entering your spirit, and you you don't even know, you know, and of course we're protected, but it's just that let that that prophecy, because it's a promise, 
It's it's not just and it's it, this is this is what this is where it is. The most crucial thing, and this is a, a thing that I've recent about Trump that I've recently realized. Earlier this year, Clay Clark, uh, I might have told you guys this before, but I'm telling again. Clay Clark went and met with Donald Trump and sat down with a laptop in a chair in his office and played him my dad's prophecies. And there's the one from 2013 where my dad, he was actually in the middle of doing something else and all of a sudden he prophesies. If you watch, see, when I play the clip, I'm only playing the prophecy part, but if you're watching the broadcast, like he's doing something completely different and it literally came out of nowhere. He just, all of a sudden he looks at the camera and he goes, there's a man named Donald and there's a man named Clark. You're both watching me. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then he went on to prophesy about uh, you, you, you love your country and you put up your flag. And that's the part about Clay that really blessed Clay Clark. It was a, more of a hit for him there. But at the end of the prophecy, he said, and when it comes time for the election, you will be elected. Now, back in 2016, when the and in 15, when all that was happening, I thought he was prophesying about the 2016 election. Because who wouldn't have? But he didn't know Clay Clark then. Donald Trump didn't. Donald right. Trump and Clay Clark didn't meet until 2021, 2022. And they only sat down together like that, watching that very prophecy mm. a few months ago. Or sorry, not, no, it would be about six or eight, maybe nine months ago now. It was last year, middle of last year, that this happened. So what occurred in that prophecy was my dad literally saw through time, a moment. And he said, there's a man named Donald and a man named Clark. You're both watching me. Now, at no other time had Donald and Clark been sitting together watching him. Until eight or nine months ago when Donald and Clark sat on the couch and put that computer there. This is how prophecy works. Isn't it remarkable? And my dad right. saw that moment. And he said, when it comes time for the election, you will be elected. That's he right. wasn't talking about 2016 because he hadn't met Clay Clark yet. He only met him last year. So they sat down and, the, and in the prophecy he said, and you're saying, is God speaking to me? Yes, he is. It, 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 so I thought I understood that prophecy, but as time went on, the Same. depth of it, what that actually means is that's a promise for 2024, not for 2016. And it mm -hmm. was definite. My dad was so precise. He was so right on. It was like no question. And he shouted it at him. When it comes time for the election, you will be elected. And he pointed his finger at the camera like, yes. So this is something we've only just recently realized about that prophecy because the Donald and Clark prophecy meant so much to Clay Clark. Uh, just because it was his name and it, he realized. And then what happened with the flag thing in that prophecy? Because he talks about him hugging the flag and that happened as he was watching the prophecy. Someone came in and had just a, so that part of it, and, and what a short little, I mean, it was a 30 second, it's 30 seconds, that prophecy, 30 mm -hmm. seconds. That's all it took. But that's the kind of promise we need to be putting out there. Because everything we're seeing is so negative all the time. We need to be putting out, this is what God promised before it ever happened. So you know that it's God and it had to be God. It wasn't even Kim Clement. Kim Clement was an obedient servant. He was a prophet. He served his purpose. He fulfilled his destiny. He is in the glory and part of it and watching us right now. And that's where he's meant to be. That's been hard for me to accept that. It's hard for me to say those words because I was very mad in the beginning. 
at how things because of the way my dad had to sacrifice all through his life that mm -hmm. he had to go and we wanted to you know we'd always imagined he'd be the old prophet you know and he'd grow his beard long and gray and all the <laughs> children and grandchildren would be around that was the dream you know we all have that dream and so that was difficult for us to have to let go of that but to understand that in him going how god has been able to use him and also show people that the prophetic is a real thing mm -hmm. so many have abused it so many have misunderstood it. So many have been pushed into positions in the prophetic that they did not belong in just because they, we all have a prophetic gift. Right. But some people are called to do the kind of thing my dad does. And it's, those are few and far between. And it's okay to know what you're not, but understand that you can still function in the prophetic. Every single one of us. Mm -hmm. And everybody needs to remember that the one thing that the enemy wants you to think is that you are powerful, powerless, that you're weak, that you're pathetic, that you're a sinner, that you're useless. That's all we're hearing all the time, all the time, all the time, because it's a complete lie. We are the most powerful, the most beautiful, the most incredible thing ever created, ever. And if we could understand that about ourselves and come together in the unity of that, because I'm telling you the only thing that unites anybody, you look at the Jews and, and, and the Muslims and everything going on with that whole situation what brings that together is jesus what brings you've got isaac and ishmael who brings them together but jesus and what happened what happened when 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 abraham was willing to sacrifice his only son and god of course intervened and he said i will provide myself the lamb that is a powerful moment in the history of humanity <laughs> And a covenant was created, an unconditional covenant created there with, with the Jewish people. But Ishmael was still there. And we see the corruption that's happened in the descendants of Ishmael in Islam. And today, they want to, to I mean, look at the, what, what's happened, happening in Israel with Hamas and the whole thing. And, and it's always been this way with the Jews throughout history. And we understand all the propaganda and all the. But how interesting... Uh, my husband and I just watched a, a, a YouTube video about a couple who travel and they were traveling to Jerusalem right after October 7th had happened. She was Muslim and he was Jewish. And now they're married. And their testimony in their video that they made was that the thing that brought them together was Christ. Mm. So the only thing that's going to ever bring unity in this world is Jesus. Mm -hmm. without him that. it is if you look over at what's going on that's what happens without him and so we as christians have a responsibility to understand our part in this as well you know and 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 how we can we can reach the unreachable because if you look in the muslim i mean people are one thing i don't like is everybody talking bad about america right now there are bad things politicians doing bad things but let me tell you that the, the the terrible things that are going on in other countries and they and those countries dare turn their finger and point it at America, mm, even right. Saudi Arabia, these other right. countries that judge us and they are doing much worse things. I mean, they go on and on about slavery in America, but sla America overcame slavery. Americans gave their blood to overcome that, to get rid of it. I mean, if you if you look in Denmark, they had a black family in the zoo in Denmark in 1900. So they don't need to be, nobody in Europe needs to be pointing their fingers over here.
either. I don't right. like it. I hate this. Oh, America's so bad. Yes, America's doing some bad things now. But there are other countries. And this, my dad was prophesying about this a lot. There are other yeah, countries doing a, a lot worse. In Libya, they have a slave trade today. It's not history. It's not something that we can go. Oh, you Libyans were bad. No, no, no. You can go and buy a human being in Libya. They're selling slaves there. But we don't hear about that anywhere. Nobody's talking about that. Oh, no, they're terrible Americans. They used to have slavery. And then they say, yes, of course, it's terrible. And I don't agree with any of it. And I'm glad that happened. But it was America that did that and highlighted that. But instead, everybody wants to talk about the bad, talk about the bad. And that's the devil's tactic. He does it to us individually. He's doing it to nations. And again, I'm not making excuses for any bad behavior. Uh, God is making sure it's getting exposed here in America and taken care of. And I believe in the American people that they're going to do the right thing and, and sort it too. out. I really, I believe in the American people. Absolutely. And I actually remember your dad prophesying um, when he was talking about that. He He's like, America's not guiltless. But when he weighs the scales, uh, sets out the scales, there is great iniquity that comes from Saudi Arabia and how they've persecuted more Christians than people realize. Yes. And it's um, so like it, it, he's gone through it before of, of how God chose this nation because, you know, we chose him to, in the beginning. So it's like there's this covenant. It's just so I, 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 I totally understand that. Like everybody's always hating on America. There's a lot of stuff going on. I understand that. But he also said demonic forces are raging. Yes. And this is what you see now. So that mm -hmm. is what we're seeing. So that's why you need yeah. kind of, I, I never got to the point of Pastor Greg Locke with the deliverance, but I do want to say this because you just reminded me. Um, he's anointed in deliverance and he had that flat earth debate at his church. And it, it was very eye-opening to me uh, the kind of rifts that are happening and division that's happening within the church. Because again, I, I, I don't believe the earth is flat. Uh, they have not convinced me. I went with an open mind to hear. And mm -hmm. Greg, Greg had questions and he was asking the same questions I had. And the guy he had there was not answering. And I don't think either of them are bad people at all. I think they're good men of God. I think they genuinely are just trying to, you know, but I think that kind of thing God is allowing to happen because he wants those kinds of things exposed within the church, too, because we need to deal with the church right. in America. One thing my dad's also prophesied about and saw and commented on was that America is the least evangelized country in the world. That we spend so much time going out that we weren't taking care of what's in. And he mm. also prophesied about a self-infliction upon the soul of this nation. This is a tactic being used. Uh, if you look around, it's a, it's a bunch of hating of America, hating it, hating it for what? Right. Go look at the history of some of these other countries. Right. You know, and it's okay to look at yourself and say, what's wrong? And we need to fix it. We all have to do that. And that needs mm -hmm. to be done here for sure. But <clears throat> my dad wasn't seeing it as a judgment. He was seeing it as a chastisement and a necessity. Mm -hmm. um, from what I can gather from the prophecies and all the videos and all the years and years of watching this, I am getting this picture. And so I'm trying to figure it out. So what I do on the Sunday show is I'll, I'll, I'll go down these rabbit holes, but I'm very open and I'm saying, I don't know. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again, but it's okay to look as long as we are right. grounded in the word that we understand, you know, it, not to venture into foolishness, but go with wisdom and at least have a look. So no matter what, yeah, I'll have a look. 
Yeah, if there's yeah. like you know, if there's debate, debate is is fine. It's it's, it's people that turn debate into division. Yes. And they they let anger, their emotions take over. And next thing you know, there's a whole problem happening in front of you that like, why can't we just have a civilized conversation? Because at the end of the day, take the flat earth thing for an example. Uh, I mean, what what are people supposed to think when flat earth has never been talked about and stuff like that? Like, I'm I, I understand me and Chris have had the debate. Me and Chris are opposite sides. So it's like, and he's my best friend. Like yeah. it's no, no. I, there's nothing I'm, wrong. Di- with, I, me yeah. too. I have dear friends who do believe it, <clears throat> dear friends who don't believe it. And I, you know, I had really kind of been in in the middle. But what I didn't want to see was the division. I didn't right. want to yeah. see the enemy use that 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 where it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make a difference. It, it is the least. We in Israel talk about it is the least yeah. thing I. If there's anything I think about, that is probably the last thing I don't. Yeah. It it's not impossible matter. either. I'm no. also like, it's not impossible. It could be. I could. We could have had a lot hidden from us, and we've been mm-hmm. finding that out. And people feel that way. They feel lied to. So again, you shouldn't be surprised if you lie to everybody that they're not going to trust anything anymore. And they're so it's going all the way down to everything we've ever been taught. It's all a lie. That's how people. I'm not saying it is. I'm saying that's how people feel. So you will have these kinds of things come up. And you'll find also this is not a Christian thing. The whole flat earth thing is not a Christian thing. It, no. it The Christians have their biblical reasons, things that are in the Bible that they feel like they need confirmed for their faith. As far as timelines when it comes to flat earth and to understanding the way it was written about creation. But um, at the end of the day, I mean, it doesn't, it's not going to change anything. Like I said nope, before. Nope. It's not going to make any difference, and we shouldn't let that bring us apart. We should. It should be like, is it or isn't it? Like, it should be exciting and fun. And like, you know, I don't care if I'm right or wrong. Like, you know, if it turns out it's flat, that's super interesting, because then mm. that changes everything about Antarctica, and I want to go have a look. <laughs> right. But well, I mean, it, it does. It, it just. I, I don't feel that that's the case at this point. Also, my dad prophesied about planets being formed that were not, that will be. It was a, such a weird prophecy. Even afterwards, he said I, that was so weird. Like he didn't understand. He, it, while he was prophesying, he said, I, I I, can't even really understand what this all means. I'm not that bright. But what I'm seeing is a formation of a planet that wasn't before that will be. And I, I, I know when he would prophesy, he referred to the earth as a globe or a marble. Um. And he wasn't thinking about flat Earth at all. I don't think he even knew about that theory. I don't think it ever mm. came across his it, in conversation with him. I never remember having it. So, but it may not. It, it may not. It just may be something that didn't need to come through Kim Clement. Because again, I try to tell people, he, he didn't know everything. My dad wasn't God, and you should never ever try to deify people because they have a gift. You know that gift is there for you. God's giving you that gift through that person. You honor the person. Um, you know, that's fine. But again, he didn't see, like, he didn't see anything about Epstein. I've never found anything about Epstein and that's pretty big story. So he didn't know everything, but he knew what we needed to know. And that was, God was sharing with him the things that we needed to know in order to know which would be the right, or is this the right way or is this the right way? We're not sure. If you have Kim Clement, but then you need confirmation too. 
there's nothing better than when the two or three prophets are seeing the same thing and they're not connected. I mean, that happened with Amanda Grace, her seeing the, the serpent. She did not know about my dad's pythos mm -hmm. prophecy and she saw a python and she had no idea that my dad had prophesied because she, did, she didn't follow my dad. She knew of him, but she didn't follow him before. And so uh, she didn't know about the python and the spirit of pythos. So you guys probably do, but she didn't mm -hmm. know that he prophesied so much about that. But he showed her, God showed her the pythos. And he was showing her through, um, I forget now, she's the one that needs to talk about this, not me. Because God showed her. But I found it, it, it very encouraging when she said that. And she said it to me on a phone call. You know, she wasn't even prophesying it. She was just saying, you know, I saw this thing about the pythos. I said, you did? Because my dad, she's like, oh, he did? What did he prophesy? So... Um, the, the confirmation too is, is, is very helpful. So, and my dad saw many prophetic voices ri rising up in this time. And we, we now have a place where that can be, be facilitated through the internet. I just, you know, right. recently my rabbit hole has been, is this Babylon, mystery Babylon, right. not Babylon, but mystery Babylon. And I don't know. Mm. I have no idea. This is a new thought that came to me in the last two days. I'm thinking mm -hmm. about it. Mm. Well, I'm going to go down that rabbit hole now that you mention it. And maybe next time we can, uh, we yeah. can talk about it. But there's there's also one thing. Like next time we we, we all get together, because um, me and Chris have had this conversation. And we don't need to go through it now, obviously. But in regard to, like like we were talking about earlier in the show, Esna Days of Noah, right? And we've had this conversation about how before the flood, everything was more advanced than it is today. And there was a reset button hit with the flood. And I mean, if we think about it, all those years that go by, it was only until the last 200 years that we started advancing technology. So Did what we happened to the rest of that time? AI? That's the question I'm right. asking. Right. It's I would not love that to AI, that. We, we didn't make it. I think we rediscovered it. Mm -hmm. I think it may have been part of it. It's just a thought. Again, I don't want to say definitively because I don't know. I haven't done enough right. research at all. But that's that's where I've been. And and you'll hear if you watch my show on Sundays, you can go on the Rumble, Kim Clement Rumble, Kim Clement YouTube. Yep. Uh, we're on X now too. I do it every Sunday. Code Breakers Live, and that's cool because I can play. I can mirror my screen. I can play video. I can see the chat, and chat back and forth with people live, which has really helped because there were a lot of like. Um, people misinterpreting things my dad prophesied or saying he prophesied things he didn't prophesy or misunderstanding things or like the Bill Gates prophecy where he prophesied Bill Gates would open up a gate. It was Everybody so nice. For, freaks out on that one. They always do because, uh, you know, Bill Gates is evil. But my dad wasn't prophesying only good people and only good things that were going to happen. He was just shown things. And I can tell you he had no opinion either of Bill Gates. And the only time he ever, ever, ever said anything about him was the same time he prophesied about Trump. He said Trump will be a trumpet and Bill Gates will open the gates of a financial realm to the church. Well, you don't have to intentionally do that. Like, you don't have to intentionally be doing it for Christians. Right. There's, there's possibly something he could do that could end up being very benef beneficial to us financially, but that doesn't mean he, anything more than that. Well, the so wicked you, is later for the righteous. Yes. And so also, um, you know, he saw some people being saved, like Hillary Clinton, and people get so angry. 
And I'm like, whoa. People, listen, let me tell you, when you're sitting in a jail cell, you're definitely going to be more inclined to find Jesus. And so don't get angry and think she's going to be getting away with things. She could very well, God knows. But what we should be wanting as Christians is for these people to get saved. We want to save them, even the worst of them, even the Bill Gateses. We want them saved, Mm -hmm. transformed. Look at Roger Stone. His whole life has been transformed. And and that was not just because my dad prophesied, because he got saved in a Franklin Graham meeting and his wife was healed of stage four cancer. God knew exactly when he was, it doesn't, I, I'm, I'm talking about it like a human brain. God created him for, so all of the experiences that happen in your life, good and bad, You're supposed to overcome your sin because your sin makes weakness and that's how the enemy can attack you because you're weak. Not because you need to be told how terrible you are, but because if you're exposed, like let's say you're in the military, you you have to have certain, you know, you need a bulletproof jacket, you need certain things. If you don't have those things, you're you're weak. And that's all sin is, you know? And so that that understanding of sin, and then if you refuse to fix that problem, it's going to just turn into a bigger problem for you. It's all for you. It's all for your own benefit but i lost my train of thought what was i saying before that roger stone so all the things that happened to him in his life took him and put him into a position where he has served worked under and been around all of these presidents all the way back to nixon he knows exactly how things work he's i often call him the little finger i don't know if you guys ever watched game of thrones but there was that character in game of thrones (laughs) little finger and then there was the eunuch and they were the ones playing the game of thrones like that was the thing. He's kind of like that a little bit, but now he's saved. And now he's on God's side. And now he's all of those things that happened that gave him influence and power and whatever are being used for good. Now, how great would that be if we got, I mean, Elon Musk is almost there. He's done a lot That's of good questions. stuff. He just isn't a Christian. If we could, if God could find the right person to reveal or reveal it to him maybe in some discovery something he's working on maybe god will just reveal himself but how beautiful would it be if elon musk was saved if he was a christian how much easier would these things be to deal with if the clinton family got saved and there was reconciliation like doesn't mean that they're going to get away with crimes but wouldn't we rather their souls be saved we don't actually want to send any of these people to hell right we say that all the time on here. We should be praying. Pray for your enemy. Yeah. They will face judgment in this world. They will face judgment mm-hmm. in this world. But at least if they repent, that they don't have to face the judgment that's heading their way exactly. in, in the next life. Exactly. Exactly. We should, I don't want that for anybody. I don't want that for anybody. No, not for anybody. Not even these terrible people that have, I don't know, what are they eating babies? Or what are they doing? They're crazy right. people. But that's the devil through them. Mm-hmm. Human beings wouldn't do that on their own. That's we the devil. Don't fight against flesh. Yeah. But against the principalities and of darkness. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. That's exactly right. Absolutely. Guys. Absolutely. So ah, Donnie, this was this was awesome. And uh, always again, is. I love I, coming here and talking to you guys because I feel free, like I can talk about some of these crazier things and not feel absolutely <laughs> anything, anything. Uh, we're always open to it. So it's mm-hmm. always it's always uh, a blessing to have you here. And, um, you know, we've had plenty of guests on 
but it's it's also the way your mind works is also very relatable to ours. Mm. So there's something that we can really connect with on that level. And again, uh, even with your family, you know, me and Chris, we're, we are both drawn to the prophetic. And just like you were talking about it earlier, um, I was actually listening to one with your dad about when he was talking about discernment, about the times times you're in. And just like you said, you know, he says in that in that teaching, he's like, I'm not talking about me, the prophet. I'm talking about the prophetic gift inside of you. And, you know, that's something we're trying to get across is that people don't yeah. need people can can rely on that. And they don't need to necessarily run to a prophet uh, for a word. You know, God is God is right there waiting for you to speak to you. And a lot of our thoughts line up with a lot of stuff that people say. And so it's it's great to have you come on here and uh, just share, especially all that 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 wonderful message about your father in the beginning. But also go down some of these rabbit holes a little bit. It's 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 very enjoyable. So thank you. Yes. Oh yes. No. It's I love I love coming and spending time with you guys. Like I said, it's just it's just an honor, and I have a good time too. I feel like I'm hanging out with friends more than being interviewed. <laughs> well, absolutely, and that's what we I, like. Yeah, I will say this, and every time the second time we've had you on here, and the first time, I was like, I'm so excited because, you know, I told you. When I gave my life back to God in 2016, it, I knew God dropped your dad's prophecy. I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't into any of that stuff. And they grabbed me. And I told you, it was that February 22nd. It grabbed me. And it, soon I realized, like, this is real. This is real. This is God. This is God working through me. I asked him to do it. And then my life has just completely changed. And if you would have told me when all this started that one day I would be talking to the daughter of the man <laughs> who brought me back, like really brought me back to God. Shame. It, That's it's just, really it, good to hear that. That's yes. really good to hear that. My dad would be so, I know he can hear it from heaven. He would be so happy to hear you say that because that was what he wanted. His whole mm -hmm. heart and his passion was to reach the unreachable and touch the untouchable and those who'd been rejected. And so I think that's why God allowed him to be rejected himself so that he could understand that he was always for the underdog too. My dad would always root for the underdog. The, whoever was getting attacked, he'd, he'd been like, no, 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 let's listen to this guy, no matter how bad it was. And so, um, you know, uh, that's, a, that's a beautiful testimony, but it also, it, it warms my heart because um, that was my dad and I'm super proud of him, like so proud of him. He was so different. It's such a unique and different situation that I'm in, but I'm just so proud to be in it. I loved him. I love him. And I, I love being able to do this. Yes. I can't wait to meet him. Yeah. Can't wait to meet him. It's going to be a great day. Um, so again, thanks. <laughs> thanks everybody for coming out. Thanks again, Donna, for, for coming out. And um, we will talk to you guys uh, next week and hope you guys have a great weekend and we'll talk to you on the next one. Yeah. Hello. Hello.